If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. Welcome back to Counterculture here with Marie on RCR. Joining me now is my education guru from the ARC Education, Kelly Valudos. How are you, Kelly? I'm good, thank you, Marie. Thank you for having me on again. I oh, giggle great. about the education guru. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just actually just having a brief chat before we got started. What is just some of some highbrow thoughts from you about the coalition agreement in regards to education and getting back to basics? Uh, what are your thoughts there? I know that everybody will be sighing this great sigh of relief, but I would be very cautious <laughs> in sighing that sigh simply because. It's all very well saying getting back to basics. For one thing, I'm not sure what Christopher Luxon has been thinking teachers teach at school. It's not, it's the problems aren't the basics. The basics are being taught. The problems are way far reaching than the teaching, to be honest, because the machine, which is the Ministry of Education, is lumbering on no matter what. And we still have enormous issues when it comes to funding. And it's a huge bureaucratic machine. And when you know that only a third of the budget actually reaches schools, you start thinking, well, what the heck's going on, really? It will be interesting to see whether they address the spending. There was a report that came out recently that said uh, of the recent hiring done by the Ministry of Education, only a very small percentage of those was teachers. Absolutely. Well, the fact of the matter is is there are no teachers to hire because most of us have either said, bugger this, or they're finding it incredibly difficult to recruit teachers and get teachers trained. Because nobody wants to be a teacher, which is hardly surprising the conditions that surround education. And I must say that it's not only New Zealand. This is a worldwide phenomenon. And my belief, if you like, or my intuitive knowing is that we're on the wrong waka. Our whole kaupapa or our whole philosophy is based on an industrial model and neoliberalism. And we've moved so far away from our, I guess, our our origins, our humanity, that school has become all but redundant for a lot of our new generations. They just don't find any value in being at school. So it's an interesting conundrum to be in. And just saying that, oh, we're going back to basics and we're getting rid of the gender ideology isn't enough, in my opinion. There needs to be a complete review, a toss-out, basically, (laughs) of many of the institutional, traditional ideas and ideologies before we can actually get to a place where school is safe and productive and a place where kids and teachers want to be. 
Yeah, and it will be it will take a strong minister to do that. So it will be interesting to see what Erica Stanford does over the next three years and what she's actually able to realistically achieve. So I think it is very watch this space. But what we thought I'd get you on to talk about this morning is actually a continuation of the theme that we've been talking about across the year because as you said, it is a really big machine. It's going to take time. And there are probably parents now with their kids right here, right now, where the current system is not going to work. And they're at that crisis point where they're thinking, we need to change something. And homeschooling or takura at home is possibly what they're looking at as an alternative. So I thought we could talk about some of the mechanisms to think about because this is the time to be thinking about it, isn't it? I uh, Yeah, I absolutely agree. Actually, probably even earlier would have been the time to be thinking about it. But the sooner the better, if you are considering changing the paradigm of your schooling it's now or never really, especially as next year we'll fast approach and we've got the Christmas break in between. It actually doesn't give much time. So if you're thinking about it, get your wheels on now, definitely. So what are some if of the first steps? Are, what would be the first thing that people would need to do? If they haven't caught up with our previous content, they've just got, uh, say, their kids back from high school now, I think the high school's getting ready to break up in the next week or two, and they're just thinking, no, I can't do this with my kids, or they're transitioning primary to intermediate. What's number one thing that they need to do? They, first of all, need to do an audit. I always recommend doing an audit. And don't do it for your children. Do it with your children. And that doesn't matter what age it is, because if you are going to take your child out of school, you want them on on side with you because you don't want it to be an, an uphill battle all day, every day when they're at home. You want it to be a different experience. You want it to be fun. You want it to be enriched. The first thing I would do if I was now pulling my or thinking about pulling my kid out of school would be to sit down with them and have a really good chat about it with them. And it's not just superficial chat like, uh, you know, we don't think you're doing very well. I think we think that you should be at home, learning at home. I think what we need to realise is that any transition for any student is exceptionally stressful because the unknown is is stressful. We know, even as adults, you know, that fear of not knowing what the future is, that's how what a lot of us are actually controlled, is through that fear. So I would sit down with my child and or children and have a good discussion about how they're doing at school Honestly, you know, um, not what what did you do at school sort of thing, but how do you feel when you go to school and open up that conversation and don't just have it once. I would have it two or three or four times and make sure that they're on board with the change. Once they're on board, you're pretty much 80% there. It then takes your time and effort and sometimes 
frustration to decide then if you're going to homeschool or enroll with Tekura. A lot of parents enroll their high school students into Tekura because they feel that they don't have the capacity or the knowledge to get them through NCEA. And it could be a valid thing, but I feel that everybody has the capacity. It just takes some ingenuity, I guess. But quite a few parents also go go to work with their teenagers staying at home doing Tikura. Um, I know a lot of people who have done that, and actually their kids have done fine. But you've got to know that your child is capable of organizing, of self-directing, of making sure that, you know, that that self-discipline of making sure that they're on the calls when they need to be on the calls. I tried it for one term with my son and it just didn't work for him. <laughs> it, it honestly didn't work for him. Um, we tried it when I came down to Wellington about five years ago and he was 16. He was in his, yeah, he was doing NCEA level two for that term. He just didn't have the, the discipline, I guess, and actually the interest. He needed somebody to be prodding him, <laughs> basically. He is dyslexic, although he's, he's not illiterate dyslexic, but he, he, along with that dyslexia comes a little bit of, you know, ADHD. <laughs> disorganization and stuff so it, well, it's, it didn't it's, work it's, out for him yeah I mean I'm having one of those myself at home it, the difficult thing is that motivation I mean when they are at home there's always something else vastly more tempting to do than do your schoolwork. so I think yeah <laughs> I think yeah and I and I saw that with my two during the lockdowns I mean one of them at the time yeah. was in year nine the other one was in year 10 the one that was in year 10 yeah sorry year eight to begin with and then year nine and then year nine and year 10 with the second lockdown and the reality of it was is that one was as good as gold. He would go on when the Zoom calls were there to begin with, and he was doing the work that he needed to do. The older one with the dyslexic and ADHD, he didn't do any work whatsoever, not a single skerrick of schoolwork no. the entire lockdown period. Neither did my son. And I'm, you know, I'm his teacher mother who nagged him. And the more I nagged, the less he did. So, <laughs> And actually, I think he missed school, to be honest. We thought we'd try it out, but he missed school. So, so it's really important that you make sure that it is going to work for your kid. And and look, if it doesn't work, you can always go back to school, I guess. So it, it, it's not the end of the world, but it's a long thing. And then for it not to not to turn out the way you want it to or, or to be useful. So make sure that everybody is on board before you decide to get on that walker and really go for it. Once everybody is absolutely sure that they want to do what you want to do, you've got to decide whether you're going to do Tekura. If you are 16, 16 years and over, Tekura is free. I think the, I'm not sure you'd have to get hold of them and I'm sorry, I didn't. It was something I was going to look up on Friday, and I never did. <laughs> was the fee 
structure for Tikura for the under 16. I don't think it's like horrendous, but there is, there is a fee structure. If you're thinking about Tikura, the, the, a lot of people think that it's isolating and that students don't get that socialization, but I've found that Tikura are really good at organizing study groups and, you know, extracurricular stuff. They, they have a camp every year that you can sign up to. And I've had friends with children who have gone to Tikura and it actually becomes a really social, a really social thing if you allow it to. You can opt in or you can opt out. And I encourage parents to ensure that their kids do opt into these things because that connection is really, really important with their peers. And also they get to meet, you know, certain lecturers face to face. Yeah, no, and and that one-on-one is quite important. What do you, so then you've made, decided which way you're going to go, whether it be Takura or you create your own learning plan. What are the next steps in terms of talking to the ministry and making it all sort of above board official? Absolutely. So with Takura, you have to enrol because it's actually a school. You have to get hold of them. You have to enrol and go through all that the same as you would if you were enrolling your child to a school. So that's actually fairly straightforward and easy. If you are deciding that you're going to homeschool, it's a little more complicated. It's not difficult. It is time-consuming, and for parents who don't have the confidence, it can be daunting. But the exemption process, is it, it, it does protect you. Some people have opted to just go, I'm not engaging. But you you do run the risk of having the truancy officers knocking on your door and making life quite difficult for you. So I would say go for an exemption. It is a fairly arduous process if you haven't done it before and if you don't have support. So you fill in the form. That's easy enough. You know. But you have to put in a year's plan and you have to show the ministry that you are capable of setting goals for your child and meeting those needs or or identifying those needs and meeting those needs at a home. Not that you're likely to have anybody come and follow up, but (laughs) you could have somebody come in and do an audit on you from Aero. I think they do do a sample every year, but I think the, the community has become so big that it would be highly unlikely that you would get audited, but you might. There's never... It's not an absolute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, never say never. I recommend that if you are completely daunted by having to write up a year's plan and, you know, you, you you don't even know where to start. There are people who can help you. There's Cynthia Hancock who, if you go to her website and actually her contact details are on the ARC Education um, under resources, you'll see that there's home exemptions. 
if you go to her website, she has several resources that you can purchase off her website, including a sample plan. You just follow that plan and put in your own ideas and words where she. It's long, but it's easy enough to do. Also on the website is my ex-director, a colleague, Nikki Zanchi. And Nikki is a homeschooler teacher. She's actually a trained teacher as well. Um, but she she's amazing. She's had 25 years experience homeschooling her five children. And, wow. Um, who've all done exceptionally well in life. I know. <laughs> amazing. She's got amazing skills. She connects really well one-on-one with people. And she will she'll advise you. She won't do it for you. But she will advise you and take you step by step through the process. And also, as a consultant, I guess, she's an amazing counsellor and she'll take you through all the, all the emotional and mental aspects of transitioning from school to homeschool for both you and your, your child or children. So um, I highly recommend that you do get some help. Don't be, don't be afraid to reach out. Both Nikki and Cynthia have, uh, you know, really reasonable. Uh, they, they they do charge a little bit, but a really reasonable amount because they're both really dedicated to helping parents and families to get their children into homeschooling because they're passionate about it. You know, mm. that that is what they really love to do and if you're finding it really isolating and difficult there is um and i'm doing a wee plug here if that's okay marie go for your life (laughs) Um, myself and a couple of other people including nikki actually have put together a 12-week course which we will be running next year called drop the school run it is for for parent educators who are home educating their children and it's not so much a how-to because as far as we're all concerned in developing this course when you're at home educating your children you're doing it because education at school isn't working for them so why would you do school at home (laughs) it doesn't make sense you know you have this opportunity to design the paradigm yes Absolutely. Go on a different direction, on a direction that your child loves and is enthusiastic about. We've put this course together as, a, I guess, an experience so that you can, you can get a whole different perspective and a whole lot of different ideas around how you can put this program together. And just remember that you know, what you write down in your exemption is a guideline. It might, you know... It, it could change, it could evolve. Follow it. it could change. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because every day is different and every day your your child or children need something different, you know. So you're in an ideal position at home to give them what they need 
when they need it. Mm. Um, unlike school, because so many, you know, numbers, that it's difficult to meet every child's need on any given day. That it, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, in terms of that course, is that on the ARC Education website, if they, people want more information on that? Yes, it is indeed. It is on the events page. If they want more information on that, it's a 12-week course. We've dropped the price of it. We probably pitched it too high last uh, this year, but we've dropped the price of it. We want people to benefit from, uh, and it's not just our wisdom. We've got some amazing people on board coming in and doing sessions. It's and and the big the best thing about it, I believe, is that we're hoping to build community. Yeah, I actually had a really interesting interview with Christine from Coming Home, whom you actually I do know. Yeah, I know the lovely. Yeah, the lovely Christine. She's fantastic. Yeah, she is. She was lovely, and we had a, a, a really interesting conversation. And part of that conversation was how there seems to be a bit of conflict happening with this new influx of families who have come into homeschooling recently and the old school homeschoolers. There's a bit of a disparity going on and we we had a really good chat about that and I, I recommend that you actually listen to that particular podcast because before you go into making any decisions because you know, I gave some, well, what I think is good advice, and Christine thought it was good advice, about that sort of situation where part of homeschooling is getting into a community. You actually do have to connect with a community if you want that socialization happening for your, for your children. Um, because that is one of the, the most important things that any child can learn is how to connect, not only with themselves, but with others. It's really, really important to, to be able to do that and have opportunities to do that. So once you've, once you've done your exemption, you've put it in, be patient because the ministry is still being quite inundated by exemption applications. I think there's, there's a bit of, it, it, it could be an administrative thing, but there's also, it, it's kind of, I'm not sure why, but they're, they're turning down quite a few applications. Uh, you know, we could think, we could think of a plethora of reasons, really, but they do it on whim. It would seem to be honest. Don't get disheartened if your application is your exemptions turned down the first time because you can reapply. It's, I don't think it costs anything. It's about just being tenacious, doing what they ask you to do on your application and resubmitting it. Well, that tenacity, though, I think is something that needs to you need to have anyway because I mean this isn't a very, it's a it's a pretty major decision, and if you're not tenacious uh, as a parent, homeschooling is probably not going to necessarily work for you, is it? Not so, really. 
No. Hey, bef- before <laughs> Absolutely. we... So before we go, now charter schools are back on the table. What are your thoughts on that? When I was teaching and charter schools were on the table, I was kind of a little bit ambivalent about it, much to my colleague Chagan, because, you know, teachers, we were all told, especially through the schools and through the ministry, but mostly through, I don't know what it was really, there was the fear that our profession would become, I don't know, watered down, if you like. The unions were very dead against it, as as you can well imagine, because with charter schools, there was the possibility that unqualified teachers are are taken on board and basically they can do what they like. That was the, the, the perception that charter schools can basically set their own curriculums and get on with doing what they like. And at the time, I thought, what a bloody good idea. <laughs> I was not very popular in my opinion, though. <laughs> Charter schools, they would work in principle. My worry is is that you get corporations involved in anything. Look at Big Pharma with medicine and university. They basically run the medical industry. Big Pharma does. Universities have to toe the line or else they don't get the funding, which is a very precarious position to be in, to be honest. And charter schools would be run on the same principle. So because basically what charter schools is doing, although it opens up, you know, it opens up education to a certain degree, but if you have a certain industry or a corporation funding your school, you have to dance to their tune. Mm. So that is one of the dangers there, isn't it? It will be interesting to see what filters out because, I mean, I guess like anything, there's positives and negatives. Remind everybody where they can get all this wonderful resource of information. So the ARC Education, it's arceducation.co.nz? That's right. It's www.thearcheducation.co.nz. If you go to the resources section, you will see that there's home exemptions under the resources section. If anybody needs help or advice or a direction to go in, I am more than happy to set up a Zoom meeting with them and have a chat. Um, Also, the, the other thing I didn't actually mention with homeschooling is that there are several academies, if you like, popping up, one of them being Spectrum Education, which is like a homeschool from home, but almost done Tikura style, but with qualified teachers and a a really sort of future-focused curriculum um, run by the, the, she's, She's a wonderful educator and speaker, Karen Tui Boys. I'm not sure if you've I've heard, heard of, of her. her before. Yeah, I have. And Crimson, yeah. is it Crimson uh, Academy is another one I've, I know people Crimson, that are doing? Yeah, Crimson Academy, I think, is just high school. Um, I'm not sure. Please don't quote me on that. I haven't looked very carefully into it. Um, but, yes, yeah, there's the Crimson Academy, there's Spectrum Education, 
And there's, there's a couple of others that, and international ones too, get, there's quite a few American homeschooling curriculums and there's the whole world, <laughs> different yeah. world of curriculums and advice that you can get. So really um, you need to do your research. You need to spend the time, be tenacious, and this is not just an on-the-whim kind of a decision. Oh, look, as always, Kelly, it has been fantastic. This is Kelly Valudos from the ARC Education. And no doubt we'll catch up in the new year and we'll see how things unfold with this new new chief at the helm of the Ministry of Education. Until then, take care and don't disappear. More great content still here to come with Counterculture with Reality Check Radio. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to RCR Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, just like what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you. So connect with us today.